0: This is the unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio.
1: Okay, welcome to the show. We are unsportsmanlike here on ESPN Radio, ESPN Two, all of our great ESPN stations across the country, SiriusXM Channel 80, in the ESPN app, along with Chris Canty, Michelle Smallman, Evan Cohen, with you. Oh boy, that was rough. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie, that was. I listen, you guys know I love the NBA. You guys love the NBA, but I, like, really love the NBA. But uh, do you know that last night in the 211-186 All-Star game won by the Eastern Conference, <laughs> they, they did not – they didn't have a two for the scoreboard. They had to cover up the scoreboard in Indy because there is no two to start the scoring because no game has ever been in the 200s. Good morning, guys.
2: Yeah, that's quite ridiculous. <laughs> I mean, I just – I. I had all of five minutes for the All-Star game last night, and I knew what time it was. These players don't want to go out there and bust it and potentially risk injury. This is a celebration of the game by getting all of these stars there, and the whole goal of it is to have a good time and make sure that nobody gets hurt. So, of course, ain't nobody going to play no defense out there. It doesn't matter how many different machinations they come up with for the All-Star game nobody's going to play defense. Nobody's going to get max effort. You might as well get used to it. It's not going to be a good game.
3: But if it's a celebration of the game, shouldn't we get a better product? That's what I keep thinking because – All-Star games in general have seen this erosion over the past couple years, but this one specifically feels like it's nothing like it was back in the day. And I know the NBA is trying to be creative. They're trying to do things to combat this, but I don't know if they can because, to CeCe's point, players just don't want to get hurt. They don't want to go out there and get max effort because they don't want to risk it.
1: Well, they're not doing things to combat it. They did, and they took it away. So they had this thing called the Elam ending, which they have taken away, which basically means – that the end of the game, at the end of the quarters, they were going to put uh, plus 24, Kobe's number. And whoever got 24 more points from the highest score was going to win. So if you're up, let's just make this up. If you're up 109 to 97 going into the fourth quarter, right, whoever hits 124 first wins the game. It actually made it competitive towards the end of the game. It made it exciting. They eliminated that. That doesn't exist anymore. So now they're just shooting threes, dunking. Nobody's playing any kind of defense during the course of this game. And LeBron James post game had this to say about the why behind it.
4: I, mean, I don't know. I mean, I think it's something we need to figure out. Where's the median? Because this is what this is what a lot of the games are starting to look like now too. You know, we wanted to um, get more you know more pace into the games. We want to get more shots. We wanted the game to be more free flowing. Um, we stopped letting the game be. Freedom of movement, a lot of freedom of movement now, and that's what a lot of our games is in the regular season now. They let us tighten up in the postseason, Um, so it's a a deeper dive into a conversation of how we can um, shore up this game. Um, Obviously, from a player's perspective, you know, it's fun to get up and down, but at the end of the day, our competitive nature don't like just being able to just have free-flowing scoring like that.
1: this is this is this is gonna drive me crazy okay let me just preface all of this by saying that man is arguably the second greatest player of all time that man has done more for people um, than I will ever do but that man is also responsible for the league the last 20 years because of his greatness LeBron Mm. the LeBron James era of the NBA is the friendship era of the NBA and that's okay But there's going to be residual effects of the friendship era. When everyone is going to be friends, they're not going to try to rip each other's heads off like Magic and Bird, who became friends after the fact. But when they were playing, wanted to destroy each other. LeBron James in the pregame is sitting there in the locker room dapping up what is supposed to be his biggest rival in Steph Curry. And now he wants to play with the guy, allegedly, although they're going to deny it now. This is the LeBron James era of the NBA. Okay, this is the LeBron James era of the NBA that the last 20 years have been the friendship era. Who can I hang out with? Who can I play with? Who can I socialize with? Who can I team up with? That is okay. I'm not suggesting that that is wrong. But what I am suggesting is there's going to be residual effects of that. And moments like last night where people don't want to take each other's heads off is part of that, guys.
2: Well, hold on. We got to tone it down on the hyperbole just a little bit because LeBron James did not want to join the Golden State Warriors. He's the one that nixed it. The Lakers gave the Golden State Warriors brass the permission to talk to LeBron, Rich Paul, and Clutch Sports, and they were like, yeah, we're not interested in the trade to Golden State. So there's that part of it. But here's the other thing. We live in a culture around sports now that's predicated on our best athletes competing for championships, Mm -hmm. and if they don't win a title, then we knock them down a peg. So athletes, in response to that, are deciding that they're going to team up with other players in other places where they feel like the organization can put infrastructure around them, where they can compete at the highest levels of the sport. We can't praise guys for winning titles and then knock them for wanting to put themselves in the best position in order to do so. We can't have it both ways. And if you're LeBron James, looking at how this thing started with you being drafted to the Cavs and then seeing what was around you and deciding to defect to Miami to play for Pat Riley and Eric Spolstra, can you really hold that against him? I I, I can't. He put himself in a much better basketball situation with a much more competent, functional organization. I, I can't knock athletes for wanting to use their power, use their leverage, use their importance – to to winning in order to put themselves in the best position in order to enhance their legacy. That's what it is now, and that's how we made it. Not them, the fans – The media made it this way, not LeBron James.
3: Yeah, it's a residual effect, right? When we're saying your career success is predicated on whether or not you win a ring or how many rings you win, why would you want to put something in the equation that could be a detriment to that? Why would you want to go out there and potentially risk injury for a game that ultimately is meaningless when you're trying to preserve your body to make sure that you're good down the stretch so that you can compete for a championship? I understand their point here.
1: Name two all-stars that
2: don't like each other. That's the that's the, that's the Draymond reason Draymond versus anybody else. <laughs> but he's not an all-star. I mean I mean well, he's not. he didn't make the All-Star this year, but he was at the All-Star game covering it for right. the other <laughs> no, network. He was there. I know. He, I was, am- he was at All-Star weekend. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to count it anyway. Th- but <laughs> CeCe, you get. You guys get the point
1: that back in our day when we were growing up that, okay, however you want to say we got there, this is the LeBron James era of the NBA. And he has every right. I, I totally agreed with his decision to go to Miami. Why wouldn't you want to play with that group? But that also means that you're not going to necessarily dislike guys you're not going to want to compete against them in at the all-star game there's no, i don't believe there is anything the nba can do about this unless they just say you know what we're going to eliminate the three-point line in the all-star game you can't shoot threes but again that's ridiculous in itself but you had a you had a game last night i mean put it this way 397 points all in carl anthony towns at 50 points off the bench <laughs> 50 points off the bench last night. He had 31 points in the fourth quarter of this game. He was 23 of 35 from the floor. Off the bench. It's ridiculous. And and let's be fair... The weekend as a whole, thank God for Steph and Sabrina. Uh-huh. If not for them, I mean, the all-star game, the, the, the Saturday night dunk contest was the disaster because of the judges. They were all over the place. The three-point contest, Dame won. Give him credit. Dame wins the three-point and the MVP. This, no, no,
2: the three-point contest was awesome.
1: It always it is. Was it was awesome. By the way, CeCe, that's the untold part of this. The three-point contest has actually surpassed the dunk contest. Which is weird considering when we were growing up, it was the exact opposite, right? Because guys weren't as adept shooting threes because it wasn't as much a part of the game. Now you have legit three-point shooters like Dame, who's the first player uh, since Michael Jordan and the only other player since Michael Jordan to win an event on Saturday and then win MVP on Sunday. But i, I got to be honest. Ev, can I ask yeah. you a
2: question? Are sure. you downplaying the dunk contest because Jaime Hawkins Jr. No. was a non
1: no, he was No, he wasn't. I but... mean, a
2: Miami Heat guy. I mean, are, are you downplaying it? Because <laughs> no. I just, people want to know. Like, are you downplaying it because Heat Culture actually took an L over All-Star Ooh. Weekend? No. I'm just asking the
1: yeah, question.
3: Yeah, the people want to know. No, He's I'm just right. asking
1: the question. Here, people, here's what you need to know. <laughs> Russian judges in figure skating were better than the ones that we had on Saturday night for the dunk contest. And as Pat Costello, our producer, give him credit in wow. our in our little group chat here, said, "Did Fred Jones even know that he was a Pacers legend? I mean, come on, nice oh, player. So oh my God, Pacers legend Fred so Jones?
5: So disrespectful. Oh come did on, didn't even know who Fred Jones <laughs> I did. was.
1: Yes, I guarantee Cece did too. I and Nuno did, but like." Eh. I, Oh, I, I mean, yeah, I remember him. When he a, uh, <laughs> wow. I, I mean, I definitely knew him. I, def, I remember seeing him play in college at Oregon. So, yes, but I mean, again, Pacers legend. This this was a – there's got to be better ways of celebrating basketball and celebrating the NBA than what we saw this weekend. It was rough, I, and I love the NBA, but it was rough.
2: I don't know that I would say that it was rough. I mean, it was about what I would expect. You're not going to be able to make All-Star Weekend more competitive. Like th- these guys look at it as a break in the middle of the season that everybody uses to rest up, get their bodies right, see their friends, and have a little fun. It it will never change. I, I think bringing back the legends of the game and having them on hand for the All Star festivities that that's a win for the NBA. And then actually having the players all in one place where fans and media can see them on this type of platform in the middle of your year. Is, is is huge. I mean, it, the NBA has been wildly successful in turning All-Star Weekend into a mega event and the de facto start to their season because they no longer have to contend with the NFL. I mean, it's post Super Bowl weekend. It's, it's post-playoff. So it's a situation now where everybody can shift and start to pay attention to the storylines that have been happening in the league through the first half of the season going into the second half. So I just think from a point of demarcation and from an eyeballs perspective, this is a successful all-star weekend, and I don't know how you can judge it otherwise.
1: Uh, Because I watched it. (laughs) (laughs) Here's the other thing. Here's the other thing. Are they trying to get less people to watch this? An 8.30 start on Sunday night? I know today is President's Day and a holiday and kids are off from school, but let's let's just do a point of comparison to the biggest sport in our country. The National Football League, for their biggest game, starts it at 6.30 Eastern time for the Super Bowl a week ago. Why does the NBA feel the need to start it two hours later? I mean, that, that was rough. Uh, come 8.30 start? Again, I'm going to make us feel old. Back in our day, wasn't it Sunday at like 3.30 in the afternoon Eastern time, something like that, for the All-Star game? Didn't we
2: have the NBA I on never, NBC I ne- music? I, I never remember the All-Star game in the middle of the, of the afternoon.
5: I
1: vividly remember it in the middle. We'll have to check on that. They've yeah. changed a lot of things. I, I understand. Like it is what it is. It's on national TV. It's we have it here on ESPN Radio. There are tons of sponsors. There's no mm-hmm. reason for them to change anything, right? I get it, but 211 points. In
2: an old star That's game. awful. But I mean, you're not going to change the game. Like you're not going to change that. The players are not. They're not going to go out there and risk injury. That's not going to happen. You're right. So yeah, you right. just got to accept that. It doesn't matter how many different rules that they put in place, different mechanisms, different games within the game. It's never going to be competitive. They're never going to play defense because they don't want to get hurt. And I don't blame the players for that. I don't. If you're tuning in to the All-Star Game thinking that the game itself is going to resemble what we're going to see in the NBA in the second half and in the playoffs, you're kidding yourself. Like you, <laughs> That's a you problem. You set yourself up for failure. So if that's how you're judging All-Star Weekend F, of course you're going to be disappointed. I'm not going to be disappointed because I didn't expect any better, which is why I watched all of five minutes of it on Sunday night. Now, as far as Saturday night goes, three-point contest, the Curry-UNESCO Challenge, and then the dunk contest, I watched every second of it, thoroughly enjoyed it. The LED court I thought was dope for the event. Don't want to see it in a regular NBA game, but for All-Star Weekend, Pretty cool that they did that. The skills challenge with all of the Pacers guys out there. I thought that was a cool moment. Seeing Victor Webinyama, who's 7'5, dribble, pass, and shoot. That was cool. Like, I I thought the NBA did a good job of – you know, making the festivities a celebration of the game, but then also kind of like an unofficial kickoff to when everybody else in the sports world starts paying attention to basketball.
1: I'll just say one other thing because I agree with you Saturday night had some moments. Next year at Golden State, Steph, if Clay's still on the Warriors, Sabrina, Caitlin Clark.
3: Oh, I would love that. Two
1: on two, however we'll you want to do that. All right. So there's some negatives, but there's some positives, obviously with the all-star weekend, there's only positives. We welcome true green into the unsportsmanlike family. This is awesome. If you're ready to elevate your lawn game without breaking the bank, true green has been the trusted choice for over 2 million homeowners for over 55 years. How would I know? I'm one of those 2 million homeowners. We have it at our house. Visit TrueGreen.com today and discover the easiest and affordable way to achieve a pro level lawn guaranteed. Plus Enjoy True Green's verified price matching, ensuring you get the best lawn for your price. Visit TrueGreen.com. That's T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com and transform your lawn effortlessly. Again, how would I know? I had nothing to do with it. It, They come to my house. My my lawn looks beautiful as a result of it. And there's no effort on my end. That's TrueGreen.com. Your dream
6: lawn is just around the corner.
1: Who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com.
0: This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. Evan Canty and Michelle are Unsportsmanlike.
4: I have not mapped out how many seasons I have left. I know it's not that many. I was asked this question, will you kind of take the farewell tour or will you kind of just Tim dunking it? I'm 50-50.
2: I think it's really going to be about health and, and contending. I, I think that he's not going to want to hang on if he's playing 40 games a year and the team continues to struggle. He probably
0: could play another four years physically, but I don't think he could take being on a team that's not necessarily contending year after year.
1: LeBron James discussed his future at All Star Weekend. We will get to that coming up. We are on Sportsman Night, presented by Progressive Insurance. Bundle home and auto and save. Visit progressive dot com for more information. All Star Saturday night better than Sunday night, I think we would say. Yes. Saturday night still had some uh some moments where you would be like, Oh boy, I don't know about this one. Um and I think in general, yes, the celebration of basketball, it's become more like the Pro Bowl than it has and like that's just the reality of it, then it has what the old All Star games felt like. Right? Mm-hmm. It just doesn't feel like the old All Star Games anymore. Uh Aaron in Brooklyn joins us here on Unsportsmanlike Like on ESPN radio.
2: Hey, what's going on, guys? I've uh, been watching the show, a great show, actually. Um Thank you. I just had a question for you, Evan. You you've been mad about this like this LeBron thing, and I'm like, this was the media's fault that all this happened. When LeBron started winning titles, the media made it seem like All it was about was the rings, as they were saying earlier. So it was like, why are we we blaming LeBron for this? What what I'm
1: saying, Aaron, 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 what I'm saying is that the last 20 years of the NBA, it's the LeBron James era of the NBA, Right where NBA players have been able to make more, more of them have been able to make more money off the court because of doors that people like LeBron James have opened, to his credit, right? LeBron James is a, biz, is a one-man business, and I think other players have properly followed in his lead. He also is a connector of people. That is a major compliment. That's not the way his predecessors necessarily were. So the league that we are in today, not better nor worse, just different, I think LeBron has to understand Whatever the root cause of it is, is more of a friendship league than it is a rival league.
2: I don't know that anyone would argue that. I, I well, Here's the thing. Here's why I don't necessarily call it a friendship league. I just think the the era coincides with when LeBron James comes along. I, I don't think he's the one that made it the way that it is in terms of how we judge players anymore. He didn't do that. Like you, th- You think back to the Jordan era of the NBA. We didn't judge players solely based on rings. We just didn't. Jordan retired after his first three-peat, and everybody called him the greatest of all time. They said that before he won three more rings. It wasn't about the ring count. Everybody used their eyes and common sense and realized, you know what? This is the best player that's ever come along, and we're probably not going to see one greater just because of how dominant he was in his sport. So many all-time greats didn't have a chance to win a ring or did not win a title because Michael Jordan was in the NBA, and that was the judgment on his greatness now it's completely different because Jordan is the standard because he's six and Oh, in the finals because he never let the NBA final series get to a game seven. That now becomes the impossible standard that LeBron James and others has to live up to. And so when you look at their greatness and you say, well, you're not going to be as great as Jordan until you get close with the number of titles that you win. Players are then motivated to go out there and do whatever it takes to position themselves to get championships. That's something that we did. They didn't do do it. They're just reacting to it.
3: And I wonder if this is not just a basketball thing or a LeBron James thing. Because really in sports, rivalries aren't the same as they were if we're going back in our day. Like Michigan, Ohio State, I still think is very healthy and alive. There's a a heavy hatred there between those two teams regardless. But we don't talk about rivalries, whether it's – team to team or city to city or player to player the way that we used to. It just doesn't happen as much anymore. Well, here's
2: the thing, Smalls. I mean, I I guess if you're a player and you realize that you might have to move and leave the franchise that might not be well run in order to compete for a title – I, maybe you're making the decision not to create that rival, or maybe you're making the decision to be more amenable to playing with another superstar caliber player because you realize beyond just having a healthy rivalry, your legacy will be judged on how many rings you get, how many NBA finals you get to, how many MVPs you rack up. And so you want to put yourself in the best basketball situation that you possibly can. And, of course, that includes putting yourself around the best basketball players in the world. So I guess that's the part where maybe they can't have those rivalries that existed in the past because of the error of player mobility. And you never know who you might have to pair up with in order to compete for a chip.
1: Steve in North Carolina listening on 99.9 The Fan and Rally. What's up, Steve?
8: Hey, what's up, fellas? You know,
2: Cantor's been knocking it out of the park the whole time. And here I add on to what Chris Cantor just said. And You know, good morning all y'all, but I love every single word can't come out of Canton's mouth this morning, every single word. This is the problem with the whole entire league, not just the NBA. The the whole NFL, NBA, whatever sport you want to turn to, they made it about offense. So, Claire says, uh, look, why well, play defense? If we go by a guy, they're going to blow a foul, and then they got used to that. So, therefore, when the All-Star game come around, they like, Let's just make it a – just shoot because ain't nobody – don't even bother playing defense. And that's what we turned it into. Like I said, back in the era of the John days, they actually played a little defense and they – people were rewarded just like the NFL. But now if you get near a guy, they throw a flag. If you run by a guy, they call a foul. People say, well, the heck with it. Let's just protect our body, make money, and go from there. And that, I think that's what it's done. So, Canty, I agree with everything he said. Well, here's the thing. Points have never been cheaper. And the thing about defense is it's actually hard. Everybody wants to play offense from when you're a kid in the playground. Everybody wants to put up points. Everybody wants to score touchdowns. Offense is the easy part. Like in the NBA, you play defense so you can get back on offense. But when you're in an all-star game and there are no stakes, why are you going to do the hard part of the game, which is play defense? That's the part that requires a lot of effort. It's hard to play good defense. It just is, especially in professional sports because guys are so skilled. But the offensive part of it is fun. And I think that's why you don't see any defense in the all-star game uh, on top of players not wanting to get hurt. It's just that defense is so much harder than offense.
1: Whatever the reason is, it's just disappointing we don't have an increased level of competitiveness in a game like that. We have no competitiveness at all. There's more conversation to be had on that. Plus, a Hall of Fame coach absolutely annihilated his own team. But first, CC has
2: this from Vivid Seats. Ah, yes. Vivid Seats celebrates your fandom with unbeatable rewards like free tickets, surprise seat upgrades, and annual birthday deals. With Vivid Seats rewards, you earn with every purchase. From buzzer beaters to walk-off home runs, Vivid Seats has a great selection and great prices on all the games that matter to you. Just visit VividSeats.com or download the app today. Vivid Seats, the official ticketing partner of ESPN.
7: so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-B-I-K-S dot
0: This is the Unsportsmanlike Podcast on ESPN Radio. Who knew that one member of this show,
1: the most fashion-conscious member of the show, had such a fashion faux pas today. Excuse me. Well, I
3: know you're talking about me.
1: Uh, you are the most fashion co- like obviously. conscious. You're you are obviously in that scene, Michelle Smallman, yeah. Chris Canty, and I wear. Um, what's our style, Cece? What uh, fits us? Um, that's our style. No, no,
3: no. <laughs> yeah. I see Cece coming here with the monogram uh, uh, shirts, the cashmere sweaters.
1: Uh, listen, Cece and suit. I, Cece and I may be different on a lot of things. I think in terms of the what fits us as our fashion is very similar. Whatever we can jump into. Good. Here's the thing. Nuno our producer has called you out today. Yeah, he did. Nuno, would you like to tell the world what your issue is with one Michelle Smallman?
5: Uh real quick, oh, Michelle, can't he can't just run into the local store, department store to grab clothes? So he's going to have his clothes made tailor made for him. So yeah, so throwing on a little, you know, monogram or whatever it's called like yeah, that's why Canty has that. Plus, if he shows up on sports on a first take looking like a scrub, Stephen A. is going to call him out. That's true. Uh, yeah, even though Stephen true. A. dresses like an undercover cop, um,
2: <laughs> 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 although I don't know what the hell he was wearing with that sweatsuit on All Star Weekend. And then you wonder why. Do we, do we know what that was? And I, then I don't he know. Slipped
5: and, listen, I felt bad for him when he was on Thursday night. He was out there taking shots with a. Some sort of velour sweatsuit type of yeah. <laughs> it's like
2: these leisure suits that these random leisure suits that he's wearing, and I don't, I don't know if that's the look. I don't know if that's the move. I went Stephen A. with most of the fashion stuff, but that one. That was, that. I mean, shoot or shoot, I get it, but he he missed that shot. He missed that <laughs> one. All right, <laughs> but let's but focus like on you, Smalls
1: Michelle. here. Yes, thank you. Yes. you.
5: They send you a jersey. MLS yes. season starts, I guess, Wednesday, right? But, like, on the back of the jersey, it says Smalls on it. It says Smallman with my number 13, yes. Yes. Yeah, but you never played. Like I don't know. I feel we. I feel a little weird, uncomfortable with people that will rock jerseys, which is fine. But then they put their name on it. Like that just seems a little. But off. But
1: so this,
9: she got sent to her. So she
5: you don't want you, like, her to got- wear. So you're
1: telling uh, the world right now, Nuno, that if you have a jersey with your own name on it, that's weak. If he didn't like play, like Kanzi obviously played. Kansy,
5: and Kanzi's never going to roll in. Listen, on our previous show, we had an issue like that. Our friend Keyshawn had, would rock a Laker jersey with... Uh, yeah, just but, I with with guess, on but I would guess the Lakers gave Key that jersey. Yes. They did, but it's still kind of weird. Like, hang it up there. You know what, Michelle? What? That's, I fair, have a perfect, that's I wouldn't do it on that I one. have a perfect spot for you. Put it behind Evan because I don't know why his football jersey's there. <laughs> oh, what, so, what, what, what am I taking strays on, on this hold for? On, hold
3: on. So, my team sends me the new kit, the Confluence kit, that is representative of the rivers that flow through St. Louis, which is indicative of the energy that flows through the city to support my team and just support my people and they're going to send me a personalized jersey and i'm not going to support them back Uh, uh-uh. that's not how this goes I, I, hardly home but always repping i will always support wow. st louis and st louis city sc
2: well nobody's saying that you can't support st louis i mean but you didn't have to put the jersey on you could have showed the jer- you could have showed the jersey at the top of the show you could have left the jersey on the desk everybody would see it high visibility but you didn't have to put the jersey on because you didn't play for the team. I went noodle on that one. Gift. Like, what? Wow. You guys are no, crazy. I, uh, okay, wow. so first of all, I was given a gift. I don't even know if you can call it that, but it, it's a gift from, I guess it was something from the New York Jets. It was a jersey <laughs> with, with my name and number on it. And it was nice, and I held the jersey up. I made it Instagram official. I took a picture of it, put it out on social media. But I never, and let me repeat, never put that jersey on never put that jersey on so i just, that's the
3: part i'm not, I just but i don't know I, i'm with giant, you on that one. so why would you wear a jets jersey? i'm not wearing a cubs jersey right. i am so i'm not wearing a a a sporting kc jersey I'm not supporting my rival like you would be with the Jets and the Giants. I'm no, it's not a robbery. It's not a city.
2: robbery with the Jets, though, Smalls. It's not a robbery.
3: Well, I, I guess
1: So can right. I ask Nuno I a question? It's not a robbery. I
5: guess that's <laughs> fair.
1: Nuno, if they, they sent her this jersey and her name wasn't on it, and it was just nameless on the back. Are you okay with her wearing it?
5: Yeah, that was fine. So oh. it's because she
1: has her own name. Yeah, well, because they went on, above
3: yeah. and beyond to personalize it for me, to make it special and individualize Somehow then I shouldn't wear it. I, I can't buy that.
5: No way. Because what people don't realize, and this is the hook, is... The reason they allow you to personalize it is because they make more money off of you. Because now they put those, um, those your name she on the back buy of your, it. I know she <laughs> did. i I'm, I'm not talking about her. She is the vehicle for my anger at this point. Nuno thinks he's <laughs> Nuno thinks
1: he's Phil Knight. Like he just rediscovered like the, the sporting know goods you industry. Like oh, they let you put your name on it. It costs yeah, yeah. more. Also, why don't we relax
3: vest? Okay, like maybe maybe don't come wow. for me. Vest uh, guy, vest guy. guy.
1: No, oh, I think you, you wear a vest once, Nuno. Now yeah. I'm back on your team Nuno He's and now, He's I'm best back best with guy. Nuno don't call him a vest guy Easy he vest. Wears it once. <laughs> oh my god such vest haters around here uh we could put that out there for you guys at 8 and 8 say ESPN is it okay to wear a jersey a with your kit. name on it I here's what I would say I think it's way more. I agree with Pat on this it's way more okay when they send it to you versus you going on their website and ordering it that's a little bit different I think and they just so you just check your mail one day and it's there
3: Yeah, because I've done work with the team. I support the team. I love the team. I don't have a football team. I don't have a basketball team. So the teams that I support, I care about a lot because I don't have as many as a lot of other people. So the fact that I got to work with the team and then now I'm a fan of the team is really special. I mean, I even have a city soccer ball here on the shelves that are supposed to represent who we are as people. So this is my team. This is my squad, guys. Mm -hmm. So let's lay off the kit. I think it's amazing, and I am very proud to wear it.
1: Well, Hall of Fame coach Rick Pitino's team is now St. John's. Not sure that he wants it to be his team. As St. John's is now 14-12, and they blew a lead yesterday to Seton Hall. And Rick Pitino uh, certainly had a moment yesterday, post-game, absolutely annihilating his own team.
8: We are so non-athletic that we can't guard anybody without fouling. It's been that way the year, but we came out in the second half, and we knew they would come after us, but you have to move the ball, and we just took four minutes of rush shots. I think they're unathletic. I don't think they move well laterally. I don't think they're going to pick it up in next week. Uh, I think they're slow laterally. I mean, Sean Conway gives you everything he can. He's slow laterally. About five guys are slow laterally. Even, Even the Celtics, when we lost... I've enjoyed every minute being a Boston Celtic coach. Didn't like the fact that we lost in that following year, but this has been the most unenjoyable experience I've had since I've been coaching. you have any second thoughts of taking this job? No, not at all. It's not St. John's. It's my team. I think they're very respectful. They hear, but they don't listen. It's taken me a month to get them to throw bounce passes. Actually, two months to throw bounce passes. I'm just thinking of getting ready for Georgetown because Georgetown could definitely beat us. I'm not even thinking of the future at all. I'm just thinking of the next game and the next game and the next game and that's it. uh, Just try to get as many wins as you possibly can.
1: I want to be clear. That's Rick Patino talking about his own team. That they, in this case, would be his own players. <laughs>
2: CeCe, 11 years in the NFL. Your thoughts on a coach calling his own team out like this? Man, ain't no way in hell that's going to be my coach. I'm not going out there playing for him no more. <laughs> like, there's no shot, man. He basically assassinated these dudes as players. Like, I, It's not even a questioning of your sports character, which is – Something that should be on the board for a coach, especially when it comes to collegiate athletes. But when you say that I'm unathletic, (laughs) when you go as far as to call me weak, you call me slow, dog, you're the one that's putting me out there to play. So it, it, it should be an indictment on you if there's nothing else to sit here and criticize me for not being able to get the job done when you don't think I have the tools to do the job. That that, to me, is out of pocket if you're Rick Pitino. That, that's a personal attack, and that's when coaching crosses the line when it comes to critiques. Th- that you can talk about a lot of different things. You can say I'm undisciplined. You can say I didn't give effort. But when you start criticizing my attributes as a player, then, then I have to take that personally, especially if you're putting me in these situations where you know I can't have success. Now, good on them. They only got five more games left, so it's almost over. <laughs> but if I'm one of those players, yeah, I'm not playing. I'm not suiting up to play for this dude ever again. And I realize now like that, that's, that's a situation that's toxic. And here's what I will say taking it a step further. Rick Pitino vows that this will never happen again in terms of how they recruit and making sure they get the right guys in the building to do the job. If I'm a recruit, if I'm a talented player and I've got options – Why the hell would I want to go play for a coach that throws his players under the bus in that way? No shot, no way, no how.
3: It's the way he said it too, so matter of fact, like, yeah, they're just unathletic. Period. (laughs) End of statement. Basically, hard stop. Hard stop. They're just (laughs) unathletic, but. If he's saying this so freely to the media, don't you think this is something he's probably said to his players behind the scenes? Yeah, but it don't make it okay. No, it doesn't make it okay. It absolutely does not make it okay. I'm not justifying it in any way. I'm I'm more giving you confirmation bias. To I wonder how the players feel about that because I can't imagine that if he's just going to so freely say that to the media, it's not something that he. Felt didn't feel comfortable enough to say behind closed doors. And if I was a player, I would take umbrage with that for sure. Oh,
2: I can tell you how the players feel about it. They want to slap the hell out of them. <laughs> I would. Who, who is this 71-year-old man that's going to be talking about me like this, dog? And that's the thing. You know what? And, and I'm not trying to be an ageist, but I, my parents are older. They're around that age. And, and and one thing that I've noticed is that they have no filter anymore. Like some of the things, some of the how they would phrase things, frame things, characterize things they would scale it back a little bit I mean th- this is a situation now where my parents let it rip and it feels like this is Rick Patino just letting it rip <laughs> and I can't understand to what end this doesn't serve anybody it doesn't serve the players it doesn't serve the university and truth be told it doesn't serve him or his coaching staff to throw his own players under the bus other players are watching this and he ain't somebody that's had the best reputation on the street based on how his coaching career has gone, all right? So the fact that he's in this position, it's a privilege. But to, to, to be critical of his players in this way, by by framing it this way, it, it just seems like a shot that's completely unnecessary, completely out of pocket, and there's no place for it in collegiate sports. Uh, two very quick things here. Number one,
1: uh, we've learned, as we've all learned in our lives, when you spend too much time around family that you don't spend time with normally, it's, things happen. CeCe's been around his family for maybe too long the last few days with what you just said. It's like, I've noticed some things recently that I hadn't noticed
2: prior. Come on, come on, F, F yeah. come on now. You had a birthday party for your old man last week. Come on now, F. I know. You, know. you know the same thing now. They, they, a, it's like a Cadillac. Once they get get to the seven, once they get to the seventies, they start they start cruising, saying whatever they want to say. I'm just telling you. Hey, no, you're that's not what wrong. It is. You're not. Here's the
1: most, here's the other part about this. Patino's like I had more fun in Boston. Rick Patino has literally been great everywhere in his career, but Boston. But Boston. And he's like, oh, that was so much better than this. Eight and eight. Say ESPN. Number to join the show. Any issue with what Patino said? And can you wear a jersey with your own name on the back like Smalls is today? We're on Sportsmanlike, presented by Progressive Insurance. Robert Half Research indicates 9
9: out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing, and creative
7: Must be 21 plus and present in president select states. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details.
0: This is the unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. Over 200 points
1: scored by one team in the All Star game last <laughs> night. Unbelievable. Still trying to get over that. We'll have a quicker time getting over that than maybe St. John's players will getting over this from Rick Patino, their head coach, calling them out post game.
8: We are so non-athletic that we can't guard anybody without fouling it's been that way the year but we came out in the second half and we knew they would come after us but you have to move the ball and we just took four minutes of rush shots I think they're unathletic I don't think they move well laterally I don't think they're going to pick it up in the next week uh, I think they're slow laterally I mean Sean Conway gives you everything he can He's slow laterally. About five guys are slow laterally. Even, even the Celtics, when we lost, I've enjoyed every minute being a Boston Celtic coach. Didn't like the fact that we lost in that following year, but this has been the most unenjoyable experience I've had since I've been coaching. you have any <laughs> second thoughts of taking this job? No, not at all. It's not St. John's. It's my team. I think they're very respectful. They hear, but they don't listen. It's taken me... A month to get them to throw bounce passes. Actually, two months to throw bounce passes. I'm just thinking of getting ready for Georgetown because Georgetown could definitely beat us. I'm not even thinking of the future at all. I'm just thinking of the next game and the next game and the next game and that's it. Fini- uh, just try to get as many wins as you possibly can.
1: I don't think I could listen to this enough. Every single time I hear it, I pick up new things. The white man can jump reference. They hear, but they don't listen or listen, don't hear. Whatever he said there. And it's taken two months to teach how to throw a bounce pass.
2: That's so disrespectful. <laughs> yes, I'm a college basketball player and you don't think I can throw a bounce pass? So disrespectful. <laughs> two
1: months to figure that so one out. So crazy. Oh, God, that is amazing. We are so wow. unathletic. <laughs> Moving laterally is hard, I must say. Uh, Bob in North Carolina listening wow. on 95.9 re- reacting to Patino. What's up, Bob? Hey, well, first of all, he was around before a white man didn't jump, and he was probably saying that before, that's true. That too. That's
6: true.
1: Can't, saying someone's got no lateral movement is just like saying somebody's short. There's nothing they can do about it. It's rude to bring it up. <laughs> and if you're surprised by that, then shame on you. The dude is a, is a criminal. He, he's uh, literally. <laughs> I don't know that he's a and criminal. That thing that's a little that, too I far mean, it, it, yeah. the guy has done some suspect stuff, okay? And if it's a surprise... That he's talking like that is as frankly as he wants to. Then you know it's that's on you, Smalls. their team made you an honorary member. You don that shirt all you want. Thank Those you. Those guys are just don't know what's going on. You're an honorary member of that team now, and that's your jersey because they give it to you. You can't don it if your mother got it for you, but you can if the team got it for that's you. That's
3: right. What a great show What a beautiful sentiment. They made me an honorary member. So what, it would be disrespectful if I didn't wear this jersey.
2: Are you playing for the team?
3: Emotional, right? That's that's the thing. Ev <laughs> is
2: like honorary member. I, I I don't know, man. I just it's it's cool that you could you can support the team, but do you have to rock the jersey with your name on the back of it? There's not another player that you can rock their jersey. To support them
3: too, I could. I could certainly support Roman Berkey. I could support many members of City, but they sent it to me with my last name on it and my number that I wore when I played soccer. Oh, they even got that. So really, this is a them.
2: This is a them problem, not a you problem.
3: No, this is a you guys problem because I have no problem with it. St. Louis City SC has no problem with it. The people, the great people of St. Louis have no problem with it. And that's who I uh, need to talk to at the end of the day.
1: Uh, Rasheed in Queens watching on ESPN2. What's
5: up, Rasheed? Yo, what's up, guys? It seems like I only get through when I'm pissed off. Last time was (laughs) Thanksgiving with Canty and Cartgate. And now it's this Jersey thing.
1: Oh, yeah, like, Canty. Yeah, you, know, you left your card out, right? That's yeah, You didn't bring so your sad. card back. Yeah, yeah we discovered that, that I about CeCe. Yeah. Yeah. Good call. Yeah, yeah that was yeah, great. forgot about that. The shopping cart incidents of 23.
3: The incident. Yeah.
5: <laughs> so, yeah, this time it's, you know, they were my idols when I was a kid, so I wore their name on my back. I'm a 47-year-old man now. It looks weird to me to wear some 19-year-old kid's name. Like, I still have a Gary Carter jersey. I have those. But for me to wear a Wemby, no, I'm going to wear my family. I love my family. I love my team on the front. I love my family on the back. That's why I wear my family. There's nothing wrong with that. And I'm not acting like I played on the team. So small is good for you. Keep rocking that jersey. And you look good no matter what, girl. Oh,
3: thank you. Thank you. Look at all the support. I love this.
2: (laughs) But here's the thing. What's age got to do with it? That's the part I don't understand. Like, if a guy is your favorite player, does it matter? That he's 19, 20 years old? Does it matter that he's 25 years old? Does it really matter? I mean, it's your favorite player on your favorite team. What's wrong with wearing that player's jersey?
1: Well, I understand what he's saying because it's like it, it's just one of these moments where you feel old. Yeah. You're like, wow, yeah. I'm like, how old is Wemby? Like 20, let's just say? Yeah, he's no, like, I, he, I think he's 19. 19. So I'm 24 yeah. years older than Wemby. It's just one of these, like, oh, wow, I'm really old moments, I think, is what he's, he's saying there in that spot. He's yeah. 20? Yeah, he's yeah, he 20, just yeah. turned
3: 20 in January. He's oh, young. God. Yeah, he's we're old.
1: Uh, Anthony in Tennessee, listening on SiriusXM Channel 80. What's up, Anthony?
5: Hey, what's going on, guys? I enjoy the show. Thank um, you. My question is um, what is the difference between wearing your own name on the back of your jersey? Because obviously you're not
1: pretending like you played for the team, but. Why, why would you wear a, a Tom Brady jersey or a Kobe Bryant jersey? You're not Tom Brady. You're because not it's Kobe your Bryant favorite goes. player. Thank you,
2: Anthony. It's your favorite player. What's wrong with wearing a Kobe Bryant jersey or a Michael Jordan jersey? If it's your favorite player, it's fine. That's, what, that's a part of what being a fan is all about. Okay, but it's me- my favorite player. I'm going to wear my favorite player's jersey.
3: But as someone who has experienced big-time sports heartbreak, I can't trust anybody. I can only trust myself and my family. I don't I, if I get a jersey of somebody and then all of a sudden they're not on the team anymore, I'm not going to wear this ever again. But guess what? I can wear this as long as I'm a, as long as I'm alive and this team is in St. Louis. I can wear this jersey because it has my name on it which never goes out of style. No, Small you can wear it
2: again. Just just call it throwback. You can wear it again.
3: Would
1: been, CC, would you ever wear one of your jerseys?
2: <laughs> would I ever wear one of my jerseys? Yeah, like no to, no. to a
3: Giants <laughs> no, game. No, like if you no, like I, I,
2: the only <laughs> the only time I've worn one of my jerseys is when I'm doing a community service project, and I you know not sure that people would know who I am. You put on the Giants jersey with your name on the back of it, but I can't help but feel like a narcissist when I do so. <laughs> so I'm anti like I don't put on my jerseys. Like the only jersey I have is a Lakers jersey, a Magic Johnson jersey. That's it. So I mean that's that's about the size of it, but I'm not gonna wear any other jerseys. I'm not gonna do it. You just brought up
1: you just brought up a really interesting thing. Michelle Smallman probably more than anyone that we know has no ego. Is this your first ego
3: moment? No, it's I'm you're, supporting.
1: You're pretty ego less, but you, you. have you have your name on the back of your jersey out yeah, and about. Yeah, we have very few. I have a, a lot. Cece has a lot. We have I'm ego moments. On this one, this may be you. your
3: first ego moment in yeah. your career. I'll take it.
0: We're Unsportsmanlike Man. on ESPN Radio. Thanks for listening to the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. You can listen to Unsportsmanlike live weekdays from 6 to 10 a.m. Eastern on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, and on Sirius XM Channel 80. You can also watch on ESPN2 and on ESPNU. Unsportsmanlike with Evan Canty and Michelle.
9: Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too.